Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Radio studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong. I can change a diaper with one hand. That's the fact, Jack. And Joe Getty. Joey, baby. I love entertaining people. I'm strong and Getty. But I know this. They're loco. So it's a hustle. Yeah, it's a And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. It would be so good for America if we had a Gavin Newsom versus Ron DeSantis presidential race. I'm not sure they're the two best choices for president. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people out there I've never heard of that might be better um, uh, candidates. But anyway, just in terms of framing so many arguments that we need to have over like, geez, like a two year period where it'd really be dug into by all kinds of different news organizations, stuff like that, whether you're talking about the way you handled COVID or, you know, the way you handle crime or schools or so many different things. Yeah. As opposed to Biden, Trump, man, it's just going to be about the personalities. He's crazy. January 6th, he's old Hunter Biden. And we won't get into any of the, you know, political philosophy stuff that we really ought to discuss as a nation. You know, I think we would get into that stuff in spite of the very best efforts of the news media to turn it into don't say gay versus friendly to immigrants and one-sided fact checks that never seemed to go the other way. But uh, 
It would be useful. Oh, before we move on, speaking of that lottery joke, uh, I logged some quality time last night. I was going to watch the Everything All the Time Everywhere Upside Down. Nominated for more Oscars than any other picture. Right. Uh, But I decided it was a little too late in the evening, and it would have cost me 20 bucks, which in reflection, I think I'll go ahead and pay the 20 bucks because it sounds interesting. But I'm going to try to watch that this week and and bring you my review. I would love to hear what you think of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, but one of the movies that uh, I watched all sorts of trailers, and the New York Times had something really interesting. They had the directors of a bunch of the nominated movies take you through a scene and explain how they made the scene and why it was significant and stuff like that. If you're into the making of uh, motion pictures, it's was, it was pretty cool. But one of the nominated movies, and I can't remember, I think it's A Woman's Name is the name of the movie. Uh, it's about a halfwit who wins almost $200,000 in the lottery. And uh, and and goes wild and ruins her life and then tries to get her life back. But uh, straight out of what it, you're always talking about, mm-hmm. you know how it, it, it's often halfwits who win these things and and they think their ticket is punched and they just screw it up and squander it and alienate everybody and and it's that story. I would watch that movie. Yeah, it actually looked kind of compelling in a. But you don't know the name of it. No, <laughs> halfwits living and loving. And coming back from adversity. <laughs> Is it the Francis McDormand movie? No. No, I okay. don't think so. This yeah, is, I don't know. This is the worst conversation about movies that you've ever heard. No, it's, it's one of the freaking movies. It's got a chick's name <laughs> as the title, and it's about a half-wit winning the lottery. So one anyway. of the freaking movies. <laughs> well, what, what else do you need to know? <clears throat> anyway. Where were we? Ah, yes, that's right. Uh, Gavin Grusom versus Ron DeSantis, uh, which I think is a likely uh, face-off in the presidential race. And I yearn for it because I want to see Gavin's ass kicked. He's so dishonest. But, you know, he's uh, realized because he's actually in person, he's not a terrible guy. Not at all. Um, But he's realized, okay, here's how you get elected in California. You pander and you just pretend that there's nothing redeeming and good about anybody to the right of, I don't know, Eric Swalwell. But anyway, uh, people are voting with their feet in a way that America hasn't seen for a very, very long time, if ever. Uh, In terms of it would seem politics. And if there's a flaw in my argument, Jack, please hit me with it. But here are your top five outflow states touched on this briefly a while ago Uh, number one i'm the hell out of here state california with a net loss of 343,000 americans what the hell is going on from mid uh, 21 to mid 22 yeah well uh whenever that first year was last year or the year before it was the first time in california history that they had gone backwards in population so, yeah, the numbers are out. The most recent numbers, 343,000. The other top outflow losers. I, I find it difficult to justify why you would stay in California. Pretty much the only argument you can make, I can make, because, I mean, you know, the pretty much the only argument I can make for my family is, you know, this is where we are and the friends and the kids and all that sort of stuff. But you can't make any you can't make any pencil and paper argument. Oh, um, perhaps that, hey, I got a pretty lucrative career going here and I can't pick it up and move it. I mean, that's a perfectly legit thing to say. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you have a successful auto auto body shop, you know, in wherever, 
greater L.A., you can't just pick that up and move it to Nashville. But <clears throat> but if it's something you can, you are going to save slash make so much more money. And unless you actually, as is legendary and absolutely true, you can ski in the morning, play around to golf as soon as you get home, and then go to beach for the sunset, because that's the wonders of California. Unless you actually do that or and something I, and, close and to I it. And I don't know those people. <clears throat> no. Well, anyway, so uh, again, this is not about bad-mouthing California, because the, the state itself and a lot of the people are fantastic, but the government sucks. Anyway, so California is the number one outflow state, followed by deep blue New York, deep blue Illinois, deep blue New Jersey, and deep blue Massachusetts. I don't know the tax situation of all those states, but uh, high. Se- several of them are very, very high. <laughs> yeah, they're all they're all quite high. Um, and here are your top five net inflow states. Florida is number one now. Texas is number two. North Carolina, South Carolina, and Tennessee. I could have told you most of those states just based on friends I know who no longer live here, (laughs) who've moved. I have so many friends that have moved to Texas or Tennessee. I can name, I'm looking at the list, Texas, uh, I have, well, if you include listeners who've dropped us notes, which is kind of unfair, easily, there are half a dozen for each one of these states, but personal friends and acquaintances, uh, yes, yes, yes. Florida. Is Idaho on that list? Idaho is not on the list, Michael. I suspect it's fairly, it's probably in your second five or second ten. Likewise, Nevada, Arizona. I know people who picked up their families, had lived in California for many, many years, and have gone to Texas, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina. I don't know that I know anybody who went to Florida. Hmm. I remember standing at the park. I told this story a couple years ago. Standing at the park with a bunch of families and... It was at the end of the school year, and two of the moms standing with the five of us were moving to Texas. And I thought, what are the odds of that? Well, actually pretty high in the current situation of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that something? So because my hallmark is honesty, let's go through the states. Florida is a reddish-purple state. You could conceivably be a liberal, and you'd move. You could move to a liberal part of Florida, but it is increasingly red and no, getting redder. And no state tax, which is why of course so that's many, incredibly repetitive and redundant. Sorry, no state tax, which is why so many athletes live there. Is that correct? No state income tax. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause it's worth making the point. They get you one way or the other. Unless you live in a really low services state, it's going to be property taxes or sales taxes or vehicle registration. They get you one way or another, which is not to say all state tax burdens are the same. There are definitely high tax states and low tax states. But just if you are considering moving, be sure to look into multiple things. But anyway, uh, so uh, Texas is absolutely a deep red state, although it, maybe if you're moving from the San Francisco Bay Area to Austin, it's not for reasons of politics or regulations or taxes or or uh, just, uh, you know, political climate in general. But in the main, you cannot dispute the fact that you have people flowing from blue states to red states. And, and you know, as I look at that list of red uh, blue states, California has terrible problems, socio-political economic problems, crime Drug addiction, homelessness, bums and junkies, just it's 
unbelievably bad. Three quarters of the homeless people in America live in California. The governor has announced free health care for illegals. Yeah. The governor has announced we'll pay for the abortion of any, anybody anywhere in the United States and fly them to the state. How would you stay and pay for that? Illinois has terrible crime, and it is soon to skyrocket as they've passed some new progressive measures. They're also winning the race toward bankruptcy, the first state to be bankrupt. Uh, New York and New Jersey and Massachusetts, your classic super high tax uh, northeastern states, very liberal with exploding crime rates. And that's a factor. You know, we what we haven't gotten to yet, and I think it's important to at some point anyway, is that juvenile crime is skyrocketing. And, you know, maybe you got to tune out or whatever. And we'll talk about it later. But to me, it's so freaking obvious what's going on. This philosophy that lower level crimes, which include like smashing your face and taking your, your wallet or your watch or your wife and taking her purse. Those are low level crimes in a lot of blue cities. Now, there are no repercussions. What do young people do? Including myself as a youngster and you, too, my friends. You tested limits. If you could get away with A, you would try B. And if B had no repercussions, you would try C. Criminals of all ages do that all the time. Any cop, any prosecutor will tell you that. If they can, if they boost five cars and never pay a price, they're going to try a burglary. And you have that with kids right now, mostly in blue states that have decriminalized crime. And you wonder why people are fleeing from the the blue states to the red states. It's self-evident. Between expense and sociological decay, that's it. It's pretty interesting. I don't think that trend is going to reverse anytime soon either, do you? It's uh, it's hard to imagine what would cause it unless there are going to be some major policy changes. That trend is going to continue for a while. Yeah, it, it almost has to. That's just the nature of things. These trends continue until they're utterly unlivable and people start to say, hey, hey, we need a change. And then, you know, that trend goes for about 20 years. Then mm-hmm. there's very little crime, as we've discussed before, and people say, why are we so hard on crime? I don't know if these stats are available, but what's the socioeconomic or what's the tax base ramifications of the 300,000 people moving out of California? I got to believe a lot of those people were on the upper end of paying taxes. That's a lot of tax money leaving the state. That will get people's attention. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, Final thought from the folks at the California Globe is, I defy another state to produce Yosemite National Park, the Golden Gate Bridge, Giant Redwoods, Lake Tahoe, Big Sur, Santa Monica beaches. The list of our wonders is long if you can afford to enjoy them. But our unmatched beauty is apparently overwhelmed by policy failures of colossal dimension. People are voting with their feet and moving. Yeah, well, I would like you to show me where else in the country you can go down the street of any of the major cities, including the nicest shopping areas of these cities, and it's bum after bum after tent after human poop after needle after somebody asking you for money in a threatening way. Who freaking cares about Yosemite when you got that to deal with every single day of your life? Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. (laughs) So this came up in my real life the other day. Uh, This story. The federal government doesn't think your highway signs are funny. 
So knock it off. So my uh, my oldest son and I are driving down the road, and one of those electronic signs said something. I wish I could remember what it was. It was it was a bad pun or joke or something. I think we've all seen these about mm, yeah. like, talking on the phone or texting or following somebody too close or something like that. States love jokes on roads, safety signs. The feds aren't laughing, Joe. Wow. New Jersey had a message for drivers who might be thinking the road while under the influence of marijuana. They had a sign that said, we'll be blunt, don't drive high. Another one said, hold on to your butt, help prevent forest fires. The state was engaging in what has become a tradition across the country for states to try to spice up their roadside safety messages with jokes and pop culture references. Uh, researchers gathered more than 350 examples from 12 different states across the country. For instance, uh, <laughs> another New Jersey sign said, slow down, this ain't Thunder Road. Or, oh, that's uh, a Bruce Springsteen reference. <laughs> right. Uh, here's another example. Um, in uh, Tennessee, there was one texting and driving. Say it. I'm the problem. It's me, which is a Taylor Swift reference. Oh, I missed it. Uh, where she's from. Not surprisingly. Uh, there was another one. Oh, only the, during Christmas, only Rudolph should drive lit. Plan a sober ride. The federal government sent a memo to all states saying signs should be simple and not include humor, wit, or pop culture references. With the concern being that it's too distracting for drivers, especially if they don't get the reference and are trying to think what it means. <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the ultimate stupidity, where do you rank that memo from the feds? This is pretty damned high up there. It's hard. Solid 7.5, probably. It's hard to beat it. So they're concerned that people are being distracted and they're driving, trying to figure out the Taylor Swift reference. So wait a sec. Rudolph driving lit. Was that a light? Oh, no, no, I'm dead. (laughs) Exactly. So you got the stupidity. Plus, I want to give it a bonus point and a half or so for kind of dirty dancing style, overly seriousness. Last. Uh, cut cut the levity on the uh, highway signs. There should be no humor. This is not a funny topic. And every any reference to uh, popular culture will just uh, distract the driver. So make them uh, plain and straightforward. <laughs> God dang Shame it. You man. are really the no-fun police. I mean, at the highest level maybe ever. The Federal Highway Administration responded to New Jersey's efforts at humor with a leaden warning asking that it cease and desist. Robert J. Clark, head of federal agency's New Jersey division, listed reasons the state should knock it off and letters state highway officials. Using highway signs for such messages did not promote the safe and efficient use of our roadway. Wow. Wow. All right. Uh, they do mention that there's there have been a couple of studies done that don't believe there's any advantage to the witticisms. That it's not making people buckle up more or drive high less or anything like that which doesn't really shock me but right right it just makes life a little less soul deadening is the thing armstrong and getty 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. Do you like to stay informed, to know what's going on in the world? And you can't stand the liberal media bias. You think we have the show for you. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Four episodes available every day. You will be up to date. You will be informed. You will be entertained. Sometimes we get mad about the news. Sometimes we laugh hard about the news. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Four episodes available every day. On the iHeartRadio app. It's a fantastic podcast. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I got my sexy pants on. The Armstrong and Getty. 
Getty Show. Police departments across the country are facing a twofold problem. Hiring is down, resignations and retirements are up. Resignations increased almost 43% from 2019 to 2021. Retirements rose nearly 24% in the same years. That's according to the Police Executive Research Forum, a nonprofit whose members include police chiefs from all over the U.S. That's a problem for society nationwide. If you can't get enough qualified candidates, and we heard from somebody earlier who works at an academy, said the quality of candidates has gone down, down, down. Um, that's that's a serious problem. That we gotta, oh, yeah. we got to oh, look yeah. at and figure out what we're going to do. Practically coast to coast, yeah. Um, morning consult poll tweeted out by Ian Bremmer. Percentage of American voters who see police violence as a problem in the country. Police violence. For Democrats, it's 89%. So damn near 9 out of 10 Democrats say yes. Independents, 4 out of 5. Or even Republicans, it's almost 60%. So see it as a big problem. Well, how do the numbers actually fit in with that? Which is something that Jason Riley is writing about in his opinion piece. Uh, I'll read some of this. It's it's I think it's freaking good. A New York Times article last week on Tyree Nichols. That's the poor guy that was beaten to death. The New York Times article managed to work in multiple references to the old Confederacy. In a news story about the death of a black suspect pummeled by black police officers in a city with a black police chief. Such is the desire of the media to shoehorn this tragedy into a predetermined racial narrative. If the media wanted to play a constructive role, it could provide some context and remind the public that fatal encounters between police officers and civilians, including black civilians, are rare in America. Remember that poll I just hit you with a little bit ago, where 90% of Democrats, 80% of independents think it's a problem? Uh, Jason Riley is pointing out it's rare. We're about to get to the statistics. Even though annual contacts between police and the public number more than 60 million, 60 million contacts a year, In recent years, these instances have gained more attention, obviously, because of social media. That doesn't mean they're happening more often. In a 2021 report published by the Manhattan Institute, they noted that police killings of African-Americans declined by 60 to 80 percent from the late 60s to the early 2000s and have remained at this level ever since. A study published in the Journal of Trauma and Acute Surgery in 2018 looked at more than a million service calls to police departments in Arizona, Louisiana, and North Carolina and found that officers used physical force in the course of arrests less than 1% of the time. And moreover, 98% of suspects who were arrested using force sustained no or mild injury. 98% no or mild injury. Now, that wouldn't lead me to believe that the poll numbers of, you know, 90% or 80% of various groups thinking police violence is much of a problem. Yeah, you know, uh, the only thing I would interject is it can simultaneously be a very rare problem and a very serious problem. We can't have the government beating us down in the streets. Absolutely. As free people. It's a horrible thought. On the other hand, the narrative that suggests that it's happening all the time, that's just Wrong. Or you're scared to send your kid out into the street or drive a car down the street because police are hunting, as LeBron, I think, once said, hunting black people. Um, In New York City, home to the nation's largest police department, police shootings have declined by 90% since the early 70s. Nationwide, police killed 999 people in 2019. So just under 1,000 people in 2019 killed by the police. 
according to uh, the Washington Post's own numbers. The victims, almost all of whom had weapons of these 999, included 424 whites, 253 blacks. 12 of the black victims and 26 of the white victims were unarmed. Again, more than double the number of white uh, victims and black victims that were unarmed and killed. And a small number total anyway. Even assuming the worst, that the police officers in the Tyree Nichols video are as guilty as they appear to be, it would be wrong to generalize about policing based on this incident. The data simply don't comport with the criticism of cops as racists and prone to excessive force. But what we do know is that recent past experience shows us that violent crime in Memphis is going to go up. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Why? Well, a Harvard economist has looked into the research and the aftermath of these high-profile encounters, you know, where there's a cell phone video or a body cam footage, and it makes the evening news, and we all see it a thousand times, and CNN runs it all day long, and it becomes a national topic. Whenever that happens, whenever police departments are investigated following one of these that have gone viral, police activity declines and violent crime increases. It happened in Ferguson, Missouri, after Michael Brown. It happened in Chicago after a a cop shot a guy. And it happened in Baltimore after a young black man died in police custody after his arrest. I remember that horrible story. Um, More research. An academic paper concluded that in cities where investigations weren't prompted by national media attention, there was little change in police behavior or in homicides. But for investigations that were preceded by a viral incident of deadly force using a number of cities that we already mentioned, there's a increase in both homicide and total crime the problem they determined was not the investigation itself but the circumstances under which it occurred in baltimore and chicago police civilian encounters fell by 90 percent or more after the investigations were announced i mean that's practically cutting off policing altogether yeah it is Uh, well and i've heard straight from cops mouths that in the wake of these things you dare not police because if you're caught on videotape doing something that looks mean, 100% justified, 100% within your training, the regulations, etc., you will get no support. You will be hung out to dry. Nobody's going to stand with you. So your career, your family are all at risk. So forget it. Uh, I'll, I'll finish my reading just in a second because these stats are amazing. Our estimate, says this researcher, suggests that investigating police departments after viral incidents of police violence is responsible for approximately 450 excess excess homicides per year. 450 more people die when the police investigations are happening after these viral videos. So that is two times the loss of life in the line of duty of the U.S. military in a year, 12.6 times the annual loss of life due to school shootings, and three times the loss of life due to lynchings between 1882 and 1901, the most gruesome years. So just to be clear then, the feeding frenzy coverage causes such a pullback in cops, hundreds of additional people will be murdered because of that pullback in policing. Right. And the investigator, of course, said, I mean, the person who did the, looked into these numbers and wrote the paper said, I'm not saying police departments shouldn't be investigated. Of course not. But... We do need to encourage more introspection on the trade-offs involved when we increase scrutiny on police departments. I mean, if this is just a fact, we have to recognize there's a trade-off here. He suggested targeting individual officers rather than entire departments would help. And then letting local investigations run their course before the feds get involved. Hmm. I don't know how much that would help or not. 
mean, how are you going to stop something? How are you going to stop it from going viral when you got a video out there of what really looks like a murder? And turns out it was. I mean, now you can't stop that. And you shouldn't stop that from going viral. No, again, because it's such a serious problem in a free society or any society where you have agents of the government uh, beating people, killing people, shooting people uh, unjustifiedly. At the same time, though, I think what's what's failing, and, and again, I'm taking this not from my own intellect, but from what I've heard from uh, law enforcement officers, is that there is a, a feeling, it's more than a feeling, there's a knowledge that I will get no support. Nobody on the city council, nobody uh, uh, among the captains and uh, sheriffs and whomever is going to step forward and 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 have my back because there's so much heat on right now they don't want any more heat so even if i'm in the right even if i was doing exactly what i should have done in exactly the way i should have done it they're not going to have my back because they just don't want the political heat so i am i am out there at the end of a branch taking on all the risk personally with no backing from the city fathers and mothers as i so often say i'm not doing it And so there has to be a powerful message from the higher-ups in the departments, in the city council, in the mayor, you know, whatever, whomever, saying the vast majority of our cops are good cops. They do a great job. They serve and protect, and I'm proud of them. They're going to be out there doing their job today. They're going to be doing it the way they're trained to do it, and they have my support 100%. That message, if that message isn't delivered loud and clear and and they mean it, then you're going to see these pullbacks that are so dangerous. The Ferguson effect, they call it. Right. Are we capable of accepting both of these things being possible at the same time? That uh, Are we the media in this uh, question? The answer is no, absolutely not. I mean, it's cl- click frenzy. It's, it's just making money and uh, making things go viral. That's the only thing they're interested the in. The police reports from Memphis came out yesterday. So you got to see in black and white what they wrote down versus what you've seen with your own eyes in the videos. And they lied, 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 lied after they beat a guy to death. Just lied like crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's just horrifying. Everybody involved lied, right? Right. Yeah. At least just... that we've seen. Yeah. But so, um, was my thought? I had a really good thought. Oh, one thing that would be very helpful, and I, I don't know why this can't happen. How about when you're, since we are going to cover these stories, and we all agree we need to, um, how about when you do this story on the you know NBC Evening News and you show the video with five cops beating a guy to death and talk about how horrible it is? You throw in some of these statistics. The Washington Post's own findings are that you know X number of people died at the hands of the police in the last year. Almost all more armed, uh, you know, blah blah blah, more white than black. Blah. blah. You just throw in all those stats. Mm-hmm. What would be wrong with that? You know, the narrative drives the story. The instead narrative of, drives the facts in modern journalism. Instead of quoting some mo- you know, mom on the street who was rightfully upset, uh, but quoting some mom on the street and saying, I just feel like they're hunting my son every day. You know, that, that's not helping anything. That's not accurate. Right, right. Well, it's help- helping their bottom line again. Mm. We, we have substituted... Profit and 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 intense competition for clicks for the ethics of the newsroom of the past. I don't know what to do about it or how the republic uh, is going to deal with that situation, but it's bad. Uh, Jason Riley wraps up by saying, "The saddest thing is the fact that the mostly law-abiding residents of poor black communities 
will bear the brunt of any crime surge in Memphis, just as they have elsewhere when the cops pull back because of all the scrutiny. And those people who live there know better than anyone that criality remains a much bigger problem than policing in their neighborhood. Remember the whole defund the police? There was a lot of black neighborhoods said, no, 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 don't defund the police. Don't take the police out of his neighborhood. That's a terrible idea. God dang it. Anyway, you can comment on this, especially if you're in law enforcement and have any thoughts. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. 
And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. But resist, we must. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It grows every year for sure. Bobby Monticello with Ipsun Solar says her company now works about 10 projects a week. The U.S. Energy Information Administration says residential solar installations rose 34 percent from 2020 to 2021, thanks in part to billions in federal and local subsidies. If you have tax liability, it's a 30 percent reduction in the cost of your project. So it's a huge incentive. Heck, yeah. It's practically the only way solar makes sense is if you get those tax breaks in terms of when it pencils out for you coming out ahead. And if your energy is ridiculously expensive, like Cal Unicornia, for example, although California has decided that too many upper crusty people were taking advantage and getting solar. and The tax breaks were going to wealthy and poor people were not getting solar. So by definition, it's a uh, lack of equity. So they're doing away with that, which means nobody's going to get solar. <laughs> oh, no. Nope. So, not at all. The numbers so, don't make any sense. So you're going to go from only people that make a decent living and have nice houses from getting solar to nobody getting solar. And that's a win for equity. Except when mandated by the government, like new developments have to have solar on them, for instance. But that's going to be the only ones. Um, so anyway, yeah, great policy. Meanwhile... Because of various factors involving uh, China being a communist uh, dictatorship, uh, the, the, the nature of the equipment, how it's produced, who produces it and what it costs is changing fundamentally in a way that's not going to do uh, solar any good either. Roll on, Michael. 80% of the solar supply chain is in China. And now to protect its manufacturing, Beijing is considering banning exports of key solar technology after undercutting U.S. products more than a decade ago. China is now threatening to disrupt solar, U.S. solar ambitions uh, again by not selling us those key building blocks that go into solar manufacturing. The Labor Department says about 95 percent of solar panels are made from polysilicon and nearly half the global production comes from Xinjiang, China where Uyghurs and other Muslim minorities are subjected to forced labor. So basically, come on, we'll get to the slavery eventually, yes? So basically, all of that material you need comes from China, and uh, they're not going to let us use it anymore. Yeah, my uh, caption of that clip is, ain't globalism grand? Uh, You know, it actually is pretty effective in a lot of ways, unless you decide to play footsie with a giant communist dictatorship, which has been playing you for the fool for multiple decades. But so first they dump 
artificially cheap panels into the U.S. market, totally undermine our manufacturing uh, manufacturers, drive them out of business. And then for their own domestic needs, they say, yeah, we're not even going to sell them to you anymore. So you just don't get any. Now, come on, China. Yeah, we got to make our own solar panels here, our own pills here, our own everything here. We got to decouple with China. Yeah, that is absolutely true. Uh, Meanwhile, back at the slave plantation. A federal law went into effect last summer, requiring customs officials to seize products from Xinjiang. But in a letter to Congress, the acting Customs and Border Protection Commissioner says there is, quote, a risk that solar panel components with a nexus to Xinjiang could appear in the supply chains exported to the United States. But that CBP, quote, has devoted significant resources to the development of techniques to improve supply chain visibility. The U.S. Solar Industry Trade Association calls evidence of forced labor reprehensible and strongly encourages its companies to move their supply chains out of the region. There's going to be an interesting test for the planet when you get to decide, are we going to do business with China or not? And China's got a lot of really cheap stuff. I mean, we all know the decision we've made in the United States over the past decades. We'll buy the cheap crap. Slaves, yeah, I read something about that somewhere. Anyway, this toy sure is cheap. (laughs) You know what I like about that story is it's the nexus of so many different, like, vague, fuzzy, progressive causes that are kind of inconvenient to each other. We want to go green and renewable. Okay. The only place that'll sell us the panels is a repressive communist regime that has slaves. Well, okay, if you're gonna buy the, if you're not gonna buy the panels from the slaves, they're gonna be much more expensive. So the numbers don't work at all, and nobody's going to quote unquote grow go green. And then we've only begun. We are in the infancy of dealing with dead solar panels in this country. Because the great wave of solar, which is mostly California, honestly, you know, started eh, conservatively, what, 20 years ago? That's roughly the lifespan of solar panels, at least those of that period. So, yeah, we're going to have not acres, but like hectares of dead solar panels everywhere in America soon. Well, that's got to deal with those. That's one aspect of it. And when people's solar panels die... Are they going to even replace them? Or are they going to think, yeah, I'm not going to spend what it costs to get those and spend all that money? You do the math, think I'll just pay my electric bills the way I've been in the past. It sucks, but I'm not right, going to come out it ahead. Right. It doesn't even come close to penciling out anymore. So you're going to have a bunch of dead solar systems on people's houses. Yeah. that's a, that, I think that's the most likely situation, yeah. Uh, I, you know, we need to launch a, a business, a new business. This is my $10 million idea. Uh, because a million-dollar idea isn't that impressive anymore, thanks to uh, inflation. Uh, my $10 million <laughs> idea is uh, my company will rewire your solar panels so they display hilarious messages <laughs> on your rooftop. <laughs> Whether to passing airplanes or uncooperative neighbors or whatever. Turn down the music, you effing idiot. You know, that sort of thing. Or go Chiefs or whatever you want to say. Sure, yeah, it could be, it could trust Jesus. It could be whatever you yeah, want. Now you have a giant, Free speech, man, right? Now you have a giant electronic billboard on top of your house. I'm not going to tell you what to put up there. I'm just going to give you the means to do it. Trump 2024, whatever you want to put on your, your roof. Solar dot dot dot. Great idea! Exclamation point. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> sure. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Wouldn't that be charming? And then if you, you know, if you're a rich guy and you can afford it, we'll have uh, the ability to put animations up there. Sure. GIFs and such. (laughs) Or do you say GIFs? Armstrong and Getty. 
Hannah Storm and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.